people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Lee Henning. And this is a show where we aim to prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. And this week on our podcast, we have our dear friend, Jess McDonald. Yeah. Dixie, this is actually the very first remote interview you and I have ever done. I know, I was there. In our podcasting career. Well, of course you were there, you goof. Not helpful. I was there for the interview. I know, Why are but you telling for the me benefit this? of the listener, we need to brag about our skills here. Oh, yeah, because we had no problems at all. Well, we did have some internet issues, nope, but- Not one problem. The audio is completely saved because Jess, turns out, has a history of working in radio and music production. And she recorded the entire side of her conversation Jess, with her own mic. Jess is a champion, you could say. Well done. That's like her, that's Instagram. her Instagram handle. Yeah, that's like her Instagram <laughs> handle. Our first remote interview, our first guest coming to us from Kalispell, Montana. We're finally broken out of the Billings scene a little bit. Yeah, a little. Feels nice. Still Montana, but not Billings. Well, got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we're moving up. Coming soon, we'll have Portland, Oregon. Oh, so. yeah. Spoiler. Intent. <laughs> Jess McDonald is a fantastic musician. Yes. She is a singer. Yes, At one she is. point in her life, she thought she was going to be a horse trainer. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually text her and tell her that she should be a horse music trainer. Uh, like the horse is playing the cello? No, like horse musicals. So like the horse is playing a cello? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what horse musical means besides the thing that I kind of described already. Maybe musical equine therapy. No, no, no. No. Horse musicals. Okay. <laughs> like the sound of music, but every character is a horse. Well, Jess, you heard it here first. <laughs> this is your new career path. You're welcome. Dixie has written <laughs> into the stars for you. Yep. Dreams really do come true. Our favorite friends like Manowar <laughs> and Sea Biscuit. Um, Black Beauty. Black Beauty. Thank you. You could even do some unicorn stuff. Shadow facts. Oh, there you go. Hassofell. Uh, okay. Errol. Stop. She said Hogwarts. These are Lord <laughs> of the Rings. This isn't helpful. Name a Hogwarts horse, Stephen. Uh, Thestrals. No, those, those are, are the, dead those things. Those are the dead. Those are dead. I mean, they're horses, though. No, they're skeletons. Jess McDonald is a fantastic <laughs> musician. She's a singer. She's a worship leader. Yep. We met her through Fresh Life Church when yeah. we first started coming to the Billings campus. You guys get to hear about how I'm a creepy stalker. And you just kind of forced yourself into her life. And There's a few friends. I did this with Maria, too. Yeah. I'm just hey, like, we're friends now. It absolutely worked. <laughs> you got two good friends out of your odd behavior. Yeah. I want to see Hamilton by horses. So, Horselton. Wow, you're still on that. Horselton the musical. Okay. Good grief. Let's just get into this episode at the top real quick. I want to plug Fresh Life Worship. They've actually allowed us to use a couple clips of songs 
featuring Jess. Yeah. Both in her writing abilities and her singing abilities, which, good God. She is fantastic. Flattens me every time. Yeah. It's fantastic. This is why she's going to be such an excellent horse music trainer. Okay. Move on, Dixie. (laughs) Move on. So I want to plug a couple Fresh Life Worship things. Like the tags are going to be in the show notes. A couple live music videos, both for the songs Glory Roaring and Dawn is Coming, as well as a video they produced with Jess to kind of go into the backstory of Dawn is Coming. The newest record from Fresh Life Worship is called Motion, which in fact you helped design the album art for. Yeah, I did. So cool. I'm so cool. I mean, Fresh Life is so cool. Again, this is a podcast about <laughs> Jess. So yeah. let's... Oh, sorry. Jess is so cool. Yeah. She's the only person I know that could train horses to sing. Okay. I, <laughs> I can see that I'm, not, I'm getting nowhere. So let's just go to the interview with Jess McDonald. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jess, are you ready? I'm ready. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Oceans or lakes? Right now, oceans. Rain or sun? Sun. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? Early morning. Summer or winter? Summer. Beaches or mountains? Right now, beaches. Marvel or DC? Uh, Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Perfect. (laughs) Video games or board games? Right now, video games. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sweet or savory? Savory. Hogwarts or the Shire? Hogwarts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Books or movies? Movies. Sweater or hoodie? Sweater. Handshakes or hugs? It depends. Let's go for a handshake. Perfect. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Phone calls or texts? Phone call. Nice. Okay. End of the rapid fire. Now just kind of a series of icebreaker get to know you questions. Yeah. Starting with a series of favorites. So start off with favorite candy. Dove chocolate. Favorite snack. Popcorn. Favorite drink. If it's morning, coffee. If it's evening, gin and tonic. And if it's the middle of the day, a strawberry bubbly. Nice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, favorite city? I would say Meridian, Idaho. It's just north of Boise. Okay. Who is your favorite band slash musician? Jason Mraz before Raining Jane. Okay. That is very specific, but I appreciate <laughs> oh, yes. it. That's how I feel about yes. Maroon 5. Songs about Jane. Excellent. Anything after <laughs> that? Nah, I'm out. Not so good. <laughs> favorite novel? I don't read a lot. But there are some books who have like marked me. Yeah. And like, I remember those being my favorite. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed a book in the eighth grade called The House of the Scorpion. What is your favorite smell? Okay. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but my favorite smell is the smell of horse sweat. That's I, a new one. I know the smell you speak of. <laughs> I, I can see it. I was not expecting that answer, but it's just one of my favorite things in the world. So, right on. Favorite TV show? Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. Ooh, haven't heard of that one. Me neither. Reese Witherspoon, the character development is impeccable. It's just really good. Okay. Nice. Favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. What are foods you will never eat? Rattlesnake. Ooh, it's so good though. Nope. (laughs) I hate snakes. 
Who is the smartest person you know? I guess it depends if we're talking like book smart, street smart, or like wisdom smart. I think I'm just going to go with my dad. Uh, Do you have a secret talent? Yeah. I mean, kind of. Only a select few people know. I can yodel a little bit. What? No way. Yeah. It's different than singing, but I learned how to, I taught myself once. What was your first job? Um, My first job, I worked in landscaping, I think. (laughs) Yes. I'm pretty sure that was it. It was either landscaping or I was a dishwasher at an Italian restaurant, Mm. but I'm pretty sure, I think it was landscaping. Nope. It was the Italian restaurant. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I got to watch dishes. Actually, my choir director from high school got me the job. Oh, cool. And so I was a dishwasher and then I moved up into some prep work and then to get extra hours would clean the kitchen on the weekend. Mm. But then for tips, my choir director and I would go play the piano in the dining room. What? And he would play, I would sing and we would make extra money. So that is so cool. That was fun. That's really neat. That is really a good cool. time. Do you have a historical hero? I mean, aside from Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's an answer I, I mean, would accept as well. I want to talk about Jesus. That's fine too. That's a pretty good one. I mean, I also am really fond of Paul yeah. in the Bible, the Apostle Paul. Okay. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? <laughs> uh, when I was very young, probably like seven or eight, I asked for a pair of tie-dyed bell-bottom jeans. I got them and never wore them. What was your first live concert? Little Texas. They were playing like a, I think like a 4th of July rodeo type thing or right. something in a small town in Montana and got to go to that. Don't remember it other than I went because I was <laughs> like nine. Okay. What is the best live concert you've been to? I love Jace Mraz and I went to Jace Mraz Gratitude Cafe tour mm. and he had yes. a horn section that just made it. It was awesome. That's oh, awesome. Very nice. Uh, who, yeah. who have you seen most in live concert? Jace Mraz. <laughs> How many times is that? Jason Mraz. Only twice. Okay. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? The first thing I can think of is healing people. Yeah. I've experienced it once in my walk with Christ and I would like to be a part of that more. Sweet. Awesome. If Lord willing. <laughs> right. Yeah. What comes to mind when I ask you about your proudest achievement? This is probably a non-traditional answer, but I think my greatest achievement is making it through my early 20s or even just college right. for that matter. That's what I'm going to say. I think my greatest achievement is making it through college because life was hard, <laughs> but I did it. Right. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast? I had a protein shake with mixed fruit. What would you eat for your last meal? Anything cooked by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it what is. What if it's rattlesnake? Doesn't matter what it is, except rattlesnake. Oh. <laughs> okay, and finally, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a horse trainer or a singer, but I leaned towards horse trainer because I didn't think the singing option was feasible. Okay, Jess McDonald. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I have been so excited <laughs> to be a part of this show. I'm very excited for this. Uh, we've been waiting to have you on the show for a very long time. And you're Thanks, guys. you're our very first remote interview. Yeah. Woo-hoo. This is our f- first interview that we're not holding here in our little podcasting studio here. Man, I'm bummed that I'm missing out on that experience, <laughs> but I'm excited to be your first remote experience. Yes, yeah, I'm excited time. about it. This way we get to branch outside of Billings as well and start mm-hmm. yeah. highlighting people that don't have to live geographically near us. Yeah. 
so let's just get started here. Uh, will you tell us about yeah. where you grew up? I grew up, well, the part of growing up that I recall the most, I grew up in Kalispell, Montana. Mm -hmm. Actually, a secret that it's not intentionally a secret, but <laughs> what a lot of people don't know about me is I was born in Ogden, Utah. Oh, wow. Um, my dad had moved us out there for work, and that's where we happened to be when I was born. And we lived there for a short time, but then moved back to Montana. Uh, my dad and my mom are both native to Montana, and like the simpler ranch life, farm life, like chores, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of life my mom grew up with and really wanted us kids to have it. So I'm thankful to have spent almost my entire life in Montana. But yeah, I grew up in Kalispell, Montana. We went to a really small school. Like it's a two mile drive up from our dirt road <laughs> and it's called Hell in a Flat School. Yeah. I just love being a small like farm kid. Yeah. Right. I loved it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it's like the childhood that I had was amazing. I'm sure, I mean, there's definitely things that I didn't know were bad that were going on or like difficult that were going on. And there's a couple bumps, like my parents got divorced when I was, I think 11 or 12, like when I graduated eighth grade. Mm. And, but even in the midst of that, it's like my childhood was good. My sister and I would build hay forts in our barn and like <laughs> rope swings and we had chickens and we raised rabbits at one time for show. Excellent. We raised rabbits. I was in 4-H. I dabbled in FFA, like all that kind of stuff. So I had a really good childhood. And like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it taught me a lot of things that have helped me succeed as an adult. Yeah, it was good. You grew up in the, the Flathead area. Sounds like mm -hmm. you did middle school, high school, all the way through. Yeah. Would you tell us a little about your family? You already mentioned your parents a little bit and your one sister. Yeah. Are you the older or the younger? I'm the youngest. Okay. I think we're about 18 months apart. Mm -hmm. We are like the best friends. And when we're not, we're the worst of enemies. But <laughs> I always reach out. Yeah. <laughs> worst of enemies in that she has a mean like pinch and twist that makes you bleed. Right. <laughs> but other than that, we're really close. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, she's fun. I'm really glad to have had a sister, like, even though she would annoy the crap out of me some days, like we ended up being really great friends through a lot of our life. And that was really fun. So my parents divorced when I graduated eighth grade. And now both my parents, well, even while I was in high school, both my parents remarried. And on my dad's side, the woman that he married had two daughters. Mm -hmm as well. And then on my mom's side, the man that she married had two daughters oh my as gosh. well. Whoa. <laughs> That's so funny. But always wanted a brother, never got one. So all my friends were guys. Dude, instead. same. Same. <laughs> I have three sisters and none of them are boys. <laughs> it's a lot. And then all of our horses too that we would that we would use for competition. All of our horses are female too. Oh my so gosh. <laughs> Wow. There's a whole lot of estrogen <laughs> roaming around those planes. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> so you grew up in kind of the uh, like the dirt road farming kind of ranching life. Are you still involved with any stuff like that? Do you still ride horses a lot or? Yeah, I'll ride a horse anytime I get the chance to. When I went to college, that was kind of something. Well, like I said in the rapid fire questions earlier, like my idea for my life was either I'll do music or I'll do horse training. And so I spent my early years like focused on the horse thing. Mm -hmm. And I loved everything surrounding horses. So my grandpa has a ranch outside of Big Timber, Montana. Mm -hmm. You know, every year my mom would take us out. We would try to go out for calving season, try to go out for branding season, mm -hmm. 
try to go out for hay season and occasionally Thanksgivings. But that's the life that my mom grew up with. And that was just like in my blood. Right. It's still to this day, like one of my favorite things to be a part of. It's very hard work, but it's such rewarding work. And so I loved any chance that we got to go to the ranch. And out of high school, it was like, okay, you have to decide are you going to continue with the horse thing or go do life? (laughs) Like get out, scoot, scoot. And at that time, like I graduated in 2008. And so the housing market was crashing, like the economy was tanking. And so the horses that I had been working with at the time, like with proper training, you can see average prices for a well-trained horse, you know, around 15,000 plus, like if you want something that you can just get on and go win. Mm. And so I was learning how to train and that kind of stuff. But again, the economy tanked. And so my mom's like, you know, realistically, if you were to get into horse training, you're not going to be making any money right now. And I'm like, realistically, if I go to college, I'm going for music and I won't be making money ever. (laughs) Either way. I think either situation is a lose-lose. I'm I'm Um, still doing my risk analysis, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom's biggest thing for me was, hey, Montana's all you know. Small town Montana's all you know. There's not diversity here. Like, she's like, you know, get out, see the world. And my mom's thing for me, like I was a shy, introverted kid and I kept minimal numbers of friends because I just, I like loyalty and it's hard for me to trust people. I don't know where that comes from, (laughs) but I should probably go to counseling. Um, But I was nervous to leave because I was so comfortable in what I knew. But my mom, she was always the one telling me, go out and try something new. Go out and meet new people. Go out, go to prom. Go do the things that other kids are doing. Put yourself out there. And one of those things was go get a college degree. Like that's the thing you should do. And I said, great, I'll go to college, but I'm going to choose where I go and what I'm studying. At the time, I had started dabbling in songwriting when I was like 15. Mm -hmm. And so... My mom and I talked with a bunch of different music people we were connected with, and they're like, well, you should go and get trained in audio engineering. So as you're writing songs, you can produce your own demo work, and that's money in your pocket. You're not paying for that. And then when you send your demos out, you know, you have control over everything, how it sounds, how it's done. And so I went to Shoreline Community College in Seattle, Washington, but it was a community college. It was small. It was affordable. I was paying for college out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And so having something that was manageable like that was really what I needed. Yeah. So I studied audio engineering there for the first semester, did really, really well on all of my engineering projects Mm -hmm. and mixing and all that kind of stuff. Did terrible in audio science (laughs) because I just, I've never been a science fan, like science and history, stuff like that, that I, it it was just like, if I'm going to record drums, just tell me what microphone and where to plug it in and let's do this thing. Not like you want to use a ribbon microphone because the ribbon microphone can handle this many kilohertz and this is perfect for this kind of blah, blah. I just don't care. It was was a lot of physics that you didn't need. (laughs) It's a lot of words. I just not care. And so I was getting kind of discouraged, but while I was in my audio classes, like we all had to take music theory, which I was thriving in. I love music theory. Mm. And so I was getting frustrated with the audio engineering stuff because I'm a achiever and a perfectionist. And so to have a C in my science classes was really hurting my hurting. (laughs) And so talking to my choir director, he said, well, Jess, you're an amazing singer. You should switch your focus to vocal performance. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you'd be studying classical voice. I was like, bro, I've never sang (laughs) classical in my life. 
But I mean, aside from being in choir, and so turns out I'm really good at that. <laughs> so I I switched my major to vocal performance, and I finished that out. And I still have some audio engineering skills that have gotten me by through life mm. that I never expected right. to help me in life, but God knew. <laughs> yeah, finished a vocal performance, and I didn't continue to finish like a bachelor or a master's degree in voice only because like for me going into school, it was, I just need to have something that I completed for work resumes. And to say that I did it, I'm paying for school. I don't really see for vocal performance for me, it was, well, I'm a singer. And if I'm going to get good at something, let me learn my voice better. Let me learn how to use my instrument better so I can go farther. But I wasn't interested in teaching or anything like that. And so to continue on, it's like, well, what is my degree good for? Oh, you can apply to sing at the Met or <laughs> you can go teach. Yeah. So I finished my focused classes in uh, Shoreline Community College. And then I finished all my generals at other community colleges where all I had to focus on was math nice. and not music. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So you finish out college. Um, are you still at Washington at that point? Or when you officially have your degree, are you back in Montana? Yeah, so that's kind of a long story. I hope you guys are ready. Um, I ended up in some precarious situations when I was in college. My first year of college, I was in an abusive relationship. Mm. And that's why I say like me accomplishing what I did with college is probably my greatest achievement because being in those domestically violent situations is taxing on a human. And then being able to still show up for school and still execute and complete what I had set out to do is like a huge victory for wow. me. Yeah. So I don't mean to sound chipper, <laughs> but because it's not a chipper thing, like talking about those kind of situations. I think for me, it's like, man, that was now almost, I mean, it was a decade ago mm-hmm. and I've healed a lot from it and overcome a lot that that had to deal right. with. And so I'm able to talk about it more confidently and less wounded And so anybody who's listening, who's ever been through that or know somebody who's in that, don't hear me wrong. Like it's a very terrible and sensitive issue, but I am somebody who's overcome it and come out of it on the other side. And so it's not a wound anymore. It's a scar. It's a scar. Yeah. But it's a huge part of my story and a huge part of who I am, what I believe and, and just like who Jesus is and how amazing that has been in my Mm. life. But coming out of that, I actually met a guy who lived in Idaho, still naive in my (laughs) thinking, um, started like a long distance relationship with this kid. Let's say kid, because we were not adults (laughs) in how we functioned as human beings, but um, lived, he lived in Idaho and we built a friendship long distance and he was interested in pursuing that further. And so when I had finished my two years in Seattle, it was just a matter of, okay, I can either go to university and finish my bachelor or I can go and just get my my generals and call it mm. good. And so I had applied, I had got accepted into Boise State mm-hmm. University and that option of course would be a bachelor. And then I also got accepted into Eastern Oregon University. But then his thing was he wanted me to live closer so we could build on our relationship. And so 
I moved to a small town um, about 50 miles north of Boise called Fruitland, Idaho. It's on the border of Oregon. So right across the river is Ontario, Oregon. Mm -hmm. So I moved out there and I went to Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario and I finished my generals out there. That took me a very long time because I found myself and again in a very unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And I felt very stuck and didn't know how to get out. But all the while I'm going to school, pursuing the things that I said I'm going to finish. And I did. And so I had... um, I mean, I got to tell this story just because it's wild. So like, because God is so cool. Again, like if you know anybody or if you've been one of those people in those relationships, controlling, manipulative, and just like downright wrong, Mm -hmm. you have all these reasons why you can't leave. And it's all based out of fear of either rejection or fear. It could be physical harm. There's so many different things. And For me, I didn't know what I was afraid of, but I was afraid. And a year and a half after being in Idaho, I knew that I wanted to leave. I just didn't know how. So one day I was in my normal routine, getting ready for work. And I worked with him and his family. And so we would go get the store set up and then I would go get coffee for everybody and come back. And I went to get coffee and I was sitting in my car in the coffee drive-thru. And I kid you not, God or an angel, I it doesn't matter. A voice from heaven came to my window. I don't even know how to explain it other than like I my window is open and I heard this voice tell me, Jess, it's time to go. Mm. Whoa. Jess, it's time to go. Jess, it's time to go. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> holy moly. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in my car and all of a sudden it was almost like I was watching myself live it out like out of body, kind of like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) go. And drove up to the window, got my coffee, paid for my coffee, and then drove to the store. And I remember walking in, carrying all the coffees, and I set them on the counter. And I looked at my boyfriend at the time's dad, and I was like, I'm leaving. And you can tell him he doesn't need to come. I'm just going to go like pack up my stuff and um, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so um, I drove to the house and started packing all my stuff. And when I had left, I still had one year of college left. And so I lived with my aunt in Meridian, Idaho. And that's where <laughs> my favorite city comes from. Finished school. And at the same time, I was working at the college on the entertainment committee. And so had a great time with that, like learning about event planning and coordinating around the college. And we're almost done with my timeline. My sister, Andrea, had enlisted in the Army. She served in the Army, I believe, for two or three years. But she had spent time serving in Afghanistan. And when she got back from Afghanistan, she decided to do a green to gold program, which meant that she would basically push pause on her rank in the military and get her college classes done. And so she decided to buy a place in Boise and attend BSU for her green to gold. And we got to live together for a year. That was Mm. like a really special time for both of us. We talked about it recently, like time of our life. My sister was my best friend. We lived together and it was just like so fun to catch up, especially since I had left for college and then she left for war. It was just really sweet. But throughout that time, I had stumbled across Fresh Life Church and I also started being pursued by Joseph McDonald on (laughs) Facebook. So, yes. <laughs> and that's that's where that started. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, 
you look familiar. Did you audition for Fresh Life Worship? And I was like, no, I've heard of Fresh Life, but actually haven't lived in Kalispell since it's been around. So no, wasn't me. At the time, I was just like not interested. I had so much going on in my life. I was like, no, I'm pursuing Jesus. I'm worship leading. I'm on my way to a management position at my job. I'm not doing boys right now. And especially from Kalispell (laughs) and stuff, like especially through Facebook and all this stuff. And so it was really funny because he would message me and ask me a question. I would respond. He would ask me another question and then I would wait 24 hours. to respond again. And one of the things that he messaged me about was he said, hey, I saw on Facebook events, you marked that you're going to a school church event in Boise. And I said, yeah, my sister Andrew and I are going. And he goes, cool. Well, you should come say hi and give me a hug. And I was like, first of all, I don't hug strangers. (laughs) Second of all, why are you going to be at this event? And he goes, oh, well, I'm a bass player for the band. And my literal response was, wow, I bet that gets all the ladies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. And he was so embarrassed. He's like, no, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But we went to the event, my sister and I, and my sister's like, so are you going to go say hi to that guy? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I mean, I've been messaging him for like three weeks on Facebook. I'll say hi. So we go to the Skull Church event and I had like the best time at this event. I thought the worship band was incredible. They had done this song called Fall Afresh and that song just wrecked my heart in the Egyptian theater in Boise. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And then uh, Pastor Levi got up and spoke and I was like, this is so cool. Like I just love He's like unapologetically preaching the gospel. And I just like, this is cool. And I'm so excited this is coming out of Montana. Like, I would love to be a part of something like that. I'm not going to Montana, (laughs) but I would love to be a part of something like that someday. (laughs) And so then the event ends and, and Joe goes, you know, it seems like Facebook Messenger isn't the best way to contact you. Can I have your phone number? (laughs) Oh my (laughs) gosh. Okay, fine. And so I gave him my phone number. It's still in my mind like this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So we hung out for a while and had a good time and then went on our merry way. But all the (laughs) while, like still staying in touch. And so I think that was in October of 2014. And we continued talking after that in December of 2014, Fresh Life had announced that they were doing an internship, their first ever internship. And I hadn't heard about it until actually Joe's mom called me and she's like, Jess, you got to do this internship. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. My life is on track to do my job and I'm not moving back to Montana and this opportunity isn't for me. And I got off the phone and I can't explain it other than like my spirit was just like, you have to do this. Like started crying, like trembling. I had to at least apply for this. And so it was like, you know, God, like I trust you. If this is a door I'm supposed to walk through, let's do it. And if it's a door you're going to close, let it be. I'm just, I'm going to apply and see what happens. And so I applied and I get a call and they wanted me to be a part of the internship. Yeah. (laughs) And so I quit my guy. Yeah. I quit my job in Boise, moved back home to Kalispell, Montana and interned with Fresh Life. Also, Joe was really excited about that because it meant I was moving where he was. (laughs) (laughs) And he was really excited about it. I still was very unsure about it. And was just like, you know what? I am moving back to Montana. I am not moving for you. I've done that before. That was a mistake. 
but I want you to know I'm moving to follow Jesus. And if you happen to be on the other side of that, so be it. But just know, like if God says for me to break up with you or end this communication, I will do it so fast. And and then here we are today. So I um, did my internship at Fresh Life. It was three months, stuck around, served. I wanted to move back to Idaho, but I really felt like God told me to stay. And so I did. And then I actually ended up on staff at Fresh Life. My first position was managing Fresh Life Radio. Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W PeoplePod. And be sure to use our hashtags, hashtag NoNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. Hey, and while you're checking out our Facebook page, go ahead and join our Facebook group, The Normal People Community. You can head to the Groups tab on our Facebook page, find that, request entrance. There we will discuss each week's guests, throw up extra survey questions, and maybe do a giveaway or two. Also, be sure to head on over to our website at www.nonormalpeople.com. There you'll find an in-browser player where you can listen to each episode of the podcast, or you can go to the subscribe tab and find a link to your favorite podcast app so you can be sure to never miss another episode of No Normal People when it releases on Tuesdays. We want to say thank you to Fresh Life Worship again for letting us play these clips of Dawn is Coming and Glory Roaring. You can find their music on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere really that music is found. Let's get back to the interview with Jess McDonald. And then I think we met you at the Helena interest meeting. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time we met our campus pastor, Kyle, at the time. He took a big team up to Helena just to go party down. (laughs) You were leading worship with a little band there. And I remember meeting you after that event. And after our conversation... Like, I'm also a pretty introverted person. So being in that kind of room, I was like, what is happening? But so and and so is Dixie, honestly. But we we left that night and Dixie was like, you know, that Jess girl, she and I are going to be best friends one day. I was like, oh, my God. I, was, I, don't I was like, that Jess even knows. No. This. And I was like, Dixie, I don't. I don't. Dixie was like. I legitimately like (laughs) might have mildly stalked you. Like when we got home, when we got two billings, I remember talking to Christina Doty. And I was like, I don't know how, but I'm going to become best friends with Jess and I'm going to be in her wedding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. And I was like, Dixie, I feel like Jess might have a choice in that. And she's like, no, she won't. I'm going to be so no. good at this that she and I are going to become friends. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's then, okay, so, so funny. We, got, we are good friends now. Um, yeah. But like it came up to you. I was really excited when I was like one of the first people you called after you guys got engaged. Um, <laughs> that was a big honor. I was I was so proud of myself uh, and also you guys. Oh, because <laughs> you made it! I was like, yes, <laughs> it's happening. Oh, and then, so like the day before your wedding, you called and asked if I would spontaneously coordinate stuff for you, and I was like, I did it! Oh I man, that's it. that's that is so funny. I'm glad that it meant that much it to you because so I was thinking the other day. I was like, man, I asked Dixie to play a big part of my wedding of just like making it happen. <laughs> 
And I don't know if I thanked her, like really thanked her, because that was probably a really intense situation. You don't even have to thank me. I literally, like we were in (laughs) Bozeman driving up for the wedding and you called me Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. I was such good friends with Jess that she asked me to basically coordinate her wedding. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. There's it. a lot that goes into into that. Even like I'm such a control freak. Well, let's talk about that. So okay. Joe and I dated for like just over three years. Mm-hmm. Part of it was because I was really, I don't know, scared. But like I just had big walls right. that I was expecting him to climb mm. over because of things I'd been through. And it took a lot for God to soften my heart to the idea. But we were dating with the intention of we're doing this because we think it could result in marriage, but it was still like I was the one who was a little bit apprehensive about yeah. it. But then there was a time where the switch flipped and I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, okay, I'm ready now. Like any moment you can let's go. give me that ring thing. Actually, like it was kind of frustrating because I was ready and we had talked about it. And the bummer side of it was when people would come up to me and they're like, hey, why isn't Joe proposed to you yet? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't ask him. Actually, ask ask him. Wow. And like, at first it was funny, but then like four months into it, it was like, okay, guys, this isn't funny anymore. That actually can be categorized as like, rejection they mean well but after a while like i said it was something that i was really excited for and expecting and then it wasn't happening it's like wait it's not happening what's wrong with me what's wrong with him like why is he not doing this and why everybody's expecting it what's like what's going Mm. wrong and so that was something like being through that now i know better and i think a lot of people learned hey that's actually not the right way to approach this situation like she don't know (laughs) (laughs) the whole point is she doesn't know right (laughs) yeah and so we did end up finally getting engaged and within two weeks i had my entire wedding planned (laughs) and that's just too I am. And it wasn't because I'd been dreaming about it since I was a little girl. It's just because I'm really good at planning and executing things. I had like, as soon as we figured out our budget, I had all the flowers I wanted, the venue, everything was like figured out. And we were so blessed to like our friends basically loaned us a venue for free. It was just so special. But I mean, I didn't even give anybody a chance to like speak into it because I was like, this is what we're doing. Here it is. Here's my spreadsheet. Here's all the photos. Everything was ready except for like, we just need to get the flowers two days before, put them in water and then design them the way we want to. And that was the thing is I was able to do everything myself up until the The day day of. And then we got to the day of and there was some things that I'm like, I can't coordinate (laughs) the chairs. I can't coordinate, you you know, the last minute greenery. I can't coordinate. Who's going to do this for me? (laughs) So I called Dixie and she saved the day. When you asked, I was like, yes, I'm ready. (laughs) And how well well did I prepare you? And I was like, here's my checklist. It was like a list. And I was like, I think I can do this. Here's a drawing of exactly (laughs) how I want you to do this. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So our wedding was like picture perfect. And it was such a pretty wedding. It was. It was so beautiful. And I saw a side of my wife that I have never seen before. (laughs) And I liked it. I liked it so. That's amazing. Organized and like (laughs) meticulous side. Well, I'm I'm very much of a control freak person too. And I like I like running my life with excel and like spreadsheets and whatnot <laughs> yeah and so when she just picked that up and she was like all right yeah i can do that i was just like whoa she's 
it's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's so funny. Oh, man. Well, okay. So, spoiler alert, you do end up getting married to this Joseph guy that was creeping, <laughs> yes. creepy texting you on <laughs> Facebook for a while. Uh, to to yeah. go back in the story a little bit, you got your first job at Fresh yes. Life as the radio yes. director. Yeah, radio manager. It was part-time. Okay. And while I was doing that, I was also cleaning houses on the side. So I was staying really busy. But after a year of doing the radio, Fresh Life asked me to come in again to consider coming on staff full-time, still doing radio part-time, but then also managing the Fresh Life record label right. with the other part of my time. Nice. That was really fun because it existed, but it wasn't structured. It didn't have systems right. and things like that. And with some of my schooling background, I learned about copyright and learned about some other stuff that would really benefit me in that world. And so I took that on. It was also special because I had started to be involved with writing with Fresh Life right. Worship as well. So I did that and continued that for another year. And then after that, I was brought in and offered a job that hadn't existed prior, but they built it because they saw a need for it. And they they saw in me that I could do it. It was called the director of experience. Right. I don't know that I ever got a job title, but my understanding of my job was I was responsible for anything anybody experienced from when they got out of their car and then got back into their car again. Wow. <laughs> so oftentimes that included all five senses, like when we would program events or weekends or series launches or whatever it may be, we're thinking through like all five senses. Are we going to eat something? Are we going to smell right. something? Are we going to have a giveaway token? Like what's happening? What are people truly experiencing? What does it sound like? What's it feel like? What's the atmosphere? And then specifically, I was in, in charge of like the flow of the event or more regularly, the worship experience on the right. weekend. So your job title was yes. Yeah. All of it. Pretty much yeah. all of it. <laughs> all the all the things I had a hand in, if not more. Yeah. So that was really challenging and really fun. And I did thrive in it. It definitely brought me to my knees in humility right. multiple mm. times. But I really enjoyed it because now, as we're recording this podcast, like there's 12 locations mm -hmm. of Fresh Life Church. And so everything would start at Central with me and my team and my friends planning things. And then we would deliver it to the other campuses and everybody would execute right. it together. Yeah. And so I think that was my favorite part was just throughout my time at Fresh Life, I had the opportunity to serve on every team except security mm. and be to every campus except Deer Lodge Prison. I didn't get a chance to do that yet, mm. but I was involved with everybody. Right. I had a really special connection with the people and the staff and it was just so special to me to know that everything I was doing was helping right. them do their job even that much oh, better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really thankful for that opportunity, and it was a good mm -hmm. one. Uh, let's see. So not to get into it, but you did just you, <laughs> you did just recently step back from that position now. I did, Are yeah. you doing something else for work in the meantime? You know, I'm not. So I will speak to that a little bit. After Christmas, God, well, I would say throughout my entire time, God, and I would have this ongoing dialogue of how long am I here? What am I here mm. for? 
What do you want me to do? And I mean, really, God, what do you want me to do is a question I ask every single day. <laughs> right. But there would be seasons where I was like, okay, I know I'm not here forever, just when. And those times usually came in times of stress where I was like, okay, God, is it time now? Oh, I see. <laughs> like, now, now can I leave? But then there were times where I was like, man, I love this so much. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm thriving. Mm-hmm. And God's like tapping on my shoulder, like, it's hey, time. don't idolize this. <laughs> don't misappropriate like where this belongs in mm-hmm. your life. This is temporary. Right. Don't get too comfortable, basically. Mm-hmm. After Christmas, especially, I really felt God telling me like, hey, I, it's time to do something different. Mm-hmm. But really what the difference was, was God was telling me to stop doing period Mm, right okay and so i had been running a million miles an hour since i was like 15 right yeah and i hadn't stopped and i know now that there's things in my relationship with god that i had looked away from and he's trying to call me back into that secret place into that intimacy because i feel like my time with Fresh Life as a staff member, when God was telling me to stop doing, I feel like it was like, okay, you finally learned everything I had for you Mm. here. You've accomplished what I've set for you to accomplish. You've learned what I've set for you to learn. Now I need you to step back and be with me and prepare for whatever else is next. And I truly don't know what that is, but I'm so, so, so thankful. Like It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because I've been head first into this organization for five right. years and even more so as the director of experience where I'm curating everything mm-hmm. and they're, they've become my family and they're just my people. And so to step away was very difficult, but I knew from past experience when you obey God, like blessing follows. Right. And so I chose to obey what I, f- I heard God telling me and I'm so thankful I did because the truth is like I'm turning 30 in June this year Mm. and like most 30 year olds and I've had so many people ask me like, so what's your career choice? Like, where's your path? Where are you going next? What what are you going to do? And it's like, I don't know how to explain this to the American culture, but I'm not going to do anything because God told me not to. So right now, that's my job is to just love Jesus and be home and be Jess and I'm so thankful for that. So yeah, I worked hard for a long time. And yeah, there's personal things that are going on in my life that I'm going to focus on and make better and heal from and blah, blah, blah. But really the truth comes down to it. Like I listened and what I heard God say is step back and stop doing and love me. And so that's what I'm going to do. And then when he tells me, hey, here's an opportunity, go chase it, then I'll go chase it with everything I got. But Right now, I just I get to do what a lot of people crave to do, and they don't get right. to do. I really am thankful for the season I get right. to be in. I I love what you said too about like this is an opportunity for you to stop doing so much. And like I'm, I'm sure you've heard people say a lot of people say on the internet like you remember that you're a human being and not just a human doing. Mm. Because mm. you, I I think you and I have a pretty similar personality in that. Even in like. COVID-19 quarantine, I feel like I have to be the most productive version of Steven I can be. And it's really, especially on Fridays, Friday is the day that Dixie and I have been intentionally practicing a Sabbath (laughs) for the last two years now, Mm, intentionally taking some time and giving myself permission to just like play a video game or yeah. sleep yeah. past 7.30 a.m. I frequently, I frequently have to tell Steven to just chill. 
Yeah. Like chill, dude. Yeah. Like I I need I need to yeah. be reminded that I'm allowed to play every once in a while. Yeah. Like not just work and produce. Yeah, Steven, to your point, like being a human being, not a human doing, like that was something else God really challenged me on was like most Americans today, if you ask them, Hey, what's going on? Like, how are you? Oh, I'm just so busy. That was my answer all the time. And the truth was I was incredibly busy, but busy is not always yeah. fruitful. And that's what God was telling me. Like, you're busy doing all this stuff, but what is the fruit of your labor? Like, I think there's things in my assignment, like in what God put me on earth Mm. to do that were not able to happen because of my business. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where I'm at now is like, okay, let's slow down, reevaluate who is Jess? Why is she here? What is God's plan? And let's do that, you know, instead of getting caught in the whirlwind of busy. But I'm the same in that I'm a checklist person. And even when I was working full time, like for a long while, we only had Fridays off as a church staff. And we recently switched and we're all thankful for it. But we had one day off. And even for me, I would have to write in my planner, sleep until 930 or like you're going to rest. Because if you don't set the expectation, (laughs) then you feel like you cheated yourself out of something. Yeah. Like sleep until nine o'clock. If I if that's something I can check off the list. I've given my myself permission beforehand to go ahead and do it. Then I don't feel guilty for sleeping until nine o'clock. And I think it's so typical of American culture now to make your identity your position, like your job and not your actual being. Like, Mm. no, you are Jess and you are a daughter of the one high king. And she also is a super great singer. (laughs) And she's going to use that. Thank you. First, she is my daughter. Yeah. And that's so funny that you even brought that up because that was one of the things when God told me to step down, I was like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to do it. Like as much as I hear you and I like get it and I want to. That's cool, but no. And when I thought about it, it was like, well, why not? And it's like, well, I'm scared. And it's like, I'm scared to let people down, Mm. but I'm also scared of letting myself down and becoming nobody. Mm -hmm. Like who am I if I'm not the director of experience? Who am I if I'm not working who is who am I like who is Jess anymore and and the truth was like I didn't know anymore and so this is slowing down again yeah yeah being with God and learning my identity right yeah your significance isn't based on your job title yeah let's talk about music so (laughs) throughout your time at Fresh Life you've been engaged with Fresh Life worship both leading worship just on a Sunday morning, and you've been involved in quite a bit of writing for the Fresh Life Worship worship label. Yeah. I mean, I think all the people who write with Fresh Life Worship are talented and like Solomon Ray, Shayla Smith, Leon Gregory, Kevin Mm -hmm. Guido. Oh my gosh. Like there's a lot of incredible writers and I'm so thankful to even be considered (laughs) among them. We would have so much fun like on writing weeks, we would take separated time out of the year to go either to a house that someone opened up to us or a cabin or something. And we would just write for a week. And those were some of the most special times of just like listening to God and like, what is God teaching you? And what is God teaching you? And where's the church going? Yeah, Pastor Levi would be involved. And there were a couple of songs that I had the opportunity to write and also release through Fresh Life Worship. Some of them I wrote at those retreats and some of them I wrote on my own, but we were on a writing retreat and I, it was one of those times where I was just having a <laughs> heck of a time getting right. started. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even like, and to be fair, I had never written a lot of worship songs before. Like I applied for the internship. Yeah. A lot of the music I had written had been very like 
personal or storytelling, Mm -hmm. like real people, real situations, like breakup songs, like Taylor Swift. And so to write a worship song for me, it was actually very, still to this day, is incredibly (laughs) difficult. One, because of my fear for the Lord, but two, also it's like, how do you say more than hallelujah? Like, how do you say more than like, thank you? How do you say more than like, you're amazing? Because everybody said so much Mm -hmm. already in all these worship songs. But one thing that I was kind of like feeling was God we write a lot of songs that have to do about us, but what about you? Not what you do for us, but you and who you are. And that's when I wrote Glory mm. Roaring. So And I love good. that, that song. Gets me pumped so up. good. I know it does. <laughs> I love Glory Roaring because it is all about God right. himself. It has nothing to do with us except for mm. our place on our face, like worshiping right. him because of who he is. Like, like wrap your head around the fact that like the God who created the entire universe and holds time in his yeah. hands is like a being right. at yeah. all. Like <laughs> the fact that he even exists is just insane. And that's what I wanted to capture. It's like, I don't even know how to say this. Like you might have to bleep me out, but like I wanted a song that portrayed like, holy <laughs> it's God. Oh, yes. Yes, because that's you did it. I because that's what I feel like when I picture the throne room. There's no other like I don't even know what else to say. Like oh crap, (laughs) you know. And but that's our God. Like first and foremost, that's our God. But then second, it's a God that loved us, the God that loved me. And that's where the rest comes from. But I personally just felt like, man, there's a lot of songs in the church world that focus on myself. Yeah. But I want to put, I want to put God in his place. And And so, so so perfectly does that. The image I get, even in the title, (gasps) glory roaring, like I I don't know if you've ever been to an air show, but that feeling when an F-15 screams Dude. past you while you're standing there on the taxiway and the sound catches up to the plane and you just, you feel it in your entire body yeah. and you just feel that sense of yeah. awe. Like I could just be shredded to tiny pieces right now by this, <laughs> by this energy sound. and by this power. Yeah. And that, yeah, th- that is it. what I get in my heart every time I listen to that song. Yeah, like for real. that's what, that is yes that is exactly exactly i haven't thought about it that way but as you were describing it i yeah. felt it in my chest and yeah that you is feel what that is. like vibration in your bones like yes oh yes yeah the part so that cool. gets me the most with that song is the drop right before the bridge um when it yes. like when it brings it down and you're singing can you can you feel is it can you feel it or can you hear it both. Can you hear it? It's both, yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah, yes. that part. And then when you all of go through the freaking roof on that top part of the bridge, yes, oh my please. gosh, it destroys me. <laughs> and we declare it now. Lift your voice and shout you.
that was Glory Roaring. Uh, what was the next song on your list? So the next most recent song was Dawn is mm. Coming. And I could tell the whole story about Dawn is Coming, or you guys can jump on YouTube. There is actually a video that goes behind right. the song oh. and the meaning of the so song. So cool. Yeah, we'll um, just link that up in the show have notes. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Have you watched yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So that was really special. But I mean, long story short, Dawn is Coming is just about yeah. hope in darkness. And um, I will tell just like a brief story of it. I wrote it after like I used to experience some really intense night time yeah. terrors. Dude, and same. I yes. like people will call it night terrors or whatever. I am not going to be shy and tell you like I've encountered demons mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. life. I've not been possessed by a demon, but I've I've encountered them and it's happened on multiple occasions and Dawn is Coming was written out of the last encounter that I had where I was just stuck in bed. And what I had learned through my time is all I have to do is just start speaking the name of Jesus and declaring right. truth. And like, they don't get to stay. They don't win. They actually lose. And because demons know who wow. Jesus is, like they encountered him when he was walking the earth too. But demons also know who God's right. people are. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit or not, like they exactly. know that as well. Yeah. And so- I just learned like speak truth, speak scripture, at minimum speak his name. And that brings him and his light and his glory into the situation. But on this particular night, for some reason, I was like mute and paralyzed. Mm. Like I couldn't, I could barely blink. And so I remember laying in bed and just praying and saying, God, like, I know you're with me. I know you're here all I have to do is speak the name of Jesus and I win, but I physically can't. So please just get me through Aww. to the morning. And and I even remember telling him in my prayer, like to the left is an east facing window and any moment you'll bring the sun to rise because you wow. are faithful. So just get me, get me through to the sunrise. And the first time I could move, like when my body wasn't in that paralyzed feeling anymore, it was when the oh, sun shit. shined through my window. And so that's where Dawn is Coming comes from. And, you know, and then we went into a writing week and I was like, man, I feel like this message goes beyond what I need. I think the whole world needs this because how many people feel that way, maybe not in darkness with demons, but maybe it is anxiety. Maybe it's coming out of divorce because of adultery. Maybe it's, you know, like there's so many different scenarios in real life things, even if it's something that one might consider simple, like, oh, I'm having a really hard time at work. Those days are weighty and those days can feel isolating and dark and hard. But the truth is like the Lord, your God is Mm. in your midst and he's a mighty one who saves. And, you know, Zephaniah 317 and like there's all these different promises of hope and God's presence and faithfulness all throughout scripture. And so Dawn is Coming is a message of that. That's so good. And we got this song. It's less than a year ago, right? When the church kind of unveiled it and started ripping into it from the stage. Yeah. So the song tried to make its way into a Sunday morning a couple times in the last two years, Mm. but it never quite hit right. What was really special is like, even though there was a couple times where it tried to get played on a Sunday and it failed, the heart of the message kept pulling people in. And so when it came to releasing the record, Dawn is Coming, like we didn't know it was going to be called Dawn is Coming. But when it came to working on that project and putting together our list of songs, so many people voted for that song to be a part of it. And I was so honored and then honored again that I got to sing the song on the record yeah. on the live, oh my gosh, yes. live project. And it's so good. Um, 
it was something else because like really what made that song come to life was in our band rehearsals, we had Dylan Dietz mm-hmm. on drums. Joe, my husband was playing bass, Zach Dylan on electric guitar. And we were all like, I mean, there was other people involved like Solomon and shit, all those people um, of Fresh Life Worship. But those guys in particular, like I've built a trust and a rapport with them over the last couple yeah. of years. And especially like Solomon, Joe, Dylan and Zach, they've played together so many times. They just have like this friendship yeah. amongst them and they know where mm-hmm. each other is going. And But individually, they have such strong musical feel. And Dylan, especially like I have to talk about <laughs> because that guy he's one of my favorite drummers on the planet he would say that he's not technically like excellent at drums but what he is good at is feel and he has a way of worshiping when he plays drums that you can just watch him and be moved and so when we worked on Don is Coming I said you know there's not I know how this feels in my heart and I know how it sounds in my head I don't know how to tell you to play it But what I want to do is when we get to this bridge, I just want you guys to do what you Mm, feel is right. right. And the very first time we played through it as a band, after I said that, we got to the big note at the end and I couldn't even finish. I was just crying because these guys brought to life what I had been feeling and what I've wanted to say for so long. They brought it to life in music and that song just became everything it was supposed to be after that. So. Okay, Jess, we already kind of touched on that you are a very put together person and a person who has like really thought through what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. I think because you and I are so similar, I hope this question excites you when I ask, do you have any particular (laughs) morning or evening routines that you like to follow that you find help you just thrive in your life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Very first thing I do when I get out of bed is I go to my Nespresso and I make an Mm. oat latte. Nice. I have to have that. It doesn't matter if I'm getting up to go work out or if I'm getting up to read my Bible or just getting up and okay. go back to bed. I <laughs> have to, when I'm up, I'm having coffee and that's how I start my day. So most of the time, I mean, in the last year, I've been attending a spin class 
Um, up in yeah. Whitefish, we have Soba Cycle. Most of the time, I would say some weeks it's four times, some weeks it's five times. I'll go to Soba wow. Cycle early in the morning, either a 5.30 or a six o'clock class. Nice. Um, on Corona time, I've <laughs> let myself sleep in and take the morning slow. So now my Soba Cycle time happens around 11. But okay. <laughs> on a typical day, get up, have coffee, go ride my bike, shower i've been listening to worship while i get ready like even on corona time i still do my hair and my makeup and get dressed because i like to feel like a human yeah and then it's kind of like whatever the day brings i have two french bulldogs and they're my pride my joy and my instagram feed most of the time (laughs) they're so dang cute and so a lot of time is spent with them these days things like that like it's the simple things right i'm really enjoying these days and then yeah um, I don't know. So to wrap us up here, uh, we're curious to ask what you are currently reading, if anything. I'm reading the Bible right now. I'm not reading any books in particular. I've been really stoked on First and Second Kings. If you guys are ever bored and you're into like Game of Thrones type situations, every day, go read First <laughs> and Second Kings. So that's what you're reading. What are you listening to? What do you listen to when you open Spotify? Let's start with music. And then I'm curious to see what kind of podcast you listen to. I've been listening to Jesus Culture and the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Beyond that, like I'm still rocking Taylor <laughs> Swift's reputation album. Who isn't? I never liked Taylor <laughs> Swift until I watched her concert right. on Netflix. And now I can't get enough of oh. reputation. And I'm very behind okay. the ball. But I do love it. I also love yeah. Demi Lovato. And I listen to her a lot nice. as well. What about so. podcasts? Podcasts. I mean, I've been listening to you guys a lot to this No Normal People. It's actually like I just it's on my phone right now. I (laughs) actually haven't been listening to podcasts a ton. But when I do, it's either my brother, my brother and me. Or I'm also intrigued. Not everybody agrees with him, but I'm intrigued by the conversations that come out of the Real Christianity podcast with Dale Partridge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you listened to him before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I like I said, there's things that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that, but I love that it challenges me to get in the Bible. Right. And yeah. There are certainly things that I'm like, dude, you're spot on. Why isn't everybody <laughs> saying this? But then there's times where it's like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that before. And I just love, like I said, it just makes me get into the Bible even more. So thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This is like, I've been looking forward to this for a long <laughs> time. Oh, excellent. Again, thank you so much. You are our first remote interview all the way from Kalispell, Montana. Yeah. Woot. <laughs> this has been so good. Yes, it has. Yeah. Thank you guys. Will you read our quote for the podcast? Absolutely. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. 